Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, what happens on the job for one EMS worker is anything but routine. It is paranormal. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is in 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your real ghost stories with us, we would love to hear them. Of course, you can write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And uh, if you'd like to get access to all of our extras, almost 10 years of content of the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. It's literally what it is. Uh, along with all of our upcoming episodes, unreleased episodes, advanced episodes, and the bonus episodes. Uh, all those extras exclusively for what we call EPPs, extra podcast people. Sign up to be one at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. $5 a month gets you access to all of it, all ad free, and it helps keep this uh, thing on the air. If you like spooky all year round, this is not just a show. October, if you're just finding us, uh, this thing runs 365 days a year. So uh, if you like it, check that out. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol with you on today's episode of the program. What's up? You know, I never really thought about that, but probably October, I would guess more people do find the show. Yes. Definitely. And start listening. Never really thought about that. I don't know why. You know, Halloween, there's that holiday about the ghosts. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's at its peak. You know, if you had a Christmas show, you'd be peaking in December. Um, you know, things like that. But I mean, listenership it stays pretty steady all year long. Uh, and but it, you know, summer you get that little dip because people are on vacations and out of their normal routines. Although it's been interestingly different the last two years, watching everyone's not doing their trends as much. Um, but uh, it's just it's yeah. Of course, October you get all the people going. Why well, want something spooky and ghostly? And then. Here we are, happy to provide it. And then a lot of people end up staying the whole you know, the whole year. Yeah, and that's what's fun is when you find a podcast that you like. Yeah. And then you realize there's one bazillion episodes. And because yeah. sometimes you find what you like and then you got to wait a week. You got to mm-hmm. wait another week. And this one would be really hard to be caught up on. Because <laughs> yes. there's so much to listen when, to. When people tell me that they've gotten caught up on it, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> are, are, really? Because we're talking um, more than 2,000 episodes um, of the shows. Uh, so I don't know, but okay. I, that That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, it's all there. If you want to get caught up, be my guest. Uh, you'll love it. You can do it all over at uh, ghostpodcast.com uh, or at patreon.com slash real ghost stories. That should be the challenge uh, or... The month challenge. How many episodes can you listen to in one month? Could we give out like personal pan pizzas for that? You get a personal pan pizza if you have the most. (laughs) (laughs) One. I've been doing this. One little personal pan pizza. One personal pan pizza. (laughs) 
and you get it free with the purchase of any large soft drink. So you have to purchase the soft drink first <laughs> to get the personal pan pizza. And by the way, we charge three fifty a drink for yes. 16 ounces. <laughs> and the, the refills are not free. Oh hell no! You need it. Another, you can afford that another shit sixteen ounce. You gotta, you gotta pony up another three fifty, and purchase another personal pan pizza because we won't give you a refill on your drink without you purchasing a second personal pan pizza. And you gotta listen to a shit ton of episodes too. Yes. All of that, and All you could get a free personal pan pizza. That's the prize: a personal pan. There's no way of tracking it or actually doing it. You know, in an honor system, <laughs> you like book it. One topping at that. It'd be like a bucket thing. Like everybody, everybody gets like a little star that goes on the bucket pin for every episode that they get. Then once you filled up the pin, you get the um, the personal pan pizza. (laughs) Oh, he needs a sponsor. And really, who makes them anymore anyway? Does Pizza Hut still make them? I don't know. I would think so. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, I haven't been in a Pizza Hut in quite a while. I don't. I don't know. We could find out and that'll be uh, this Christmas is coming. Everybody Christmas is coming. Personal pan pizzas. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I love the idea of giving them away. I do too. I think it'd be funny. I, I, I might look into that more. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story. It says, hi, my name is Kent. been listening to the show since I started working in the emergency room last year. I started on a mid-shift and would usually get off work at around midnight. Driving 40 minutes into the country on sparsely populated roads at midnight seems to me the ideal setting for listening to podcasts about ghost stories. So thanks for giving me some entertainment for me, my commute and a way to wind down after a long shift. During college and technical school, I was always attracted to the idea of hunting or hauntings and had checked out with my friends, some of the local urban legends around Abilene, including the Anson Lights, a supposedly haunted hotel in Stamford, among others. All of them were disappointing in what we never saw or heard anything supernatural. Though it was always a fun activity for a city without much in a way of entertainment. So 10 years ago after graduation, I might have said I was still interested, although skeptical. At that point, I was working as a paramedic at an understaffed ambulance service, we worked 24 to 36 hour shifts, and during the downtime between 911 calls, we had stations with beds, TVs like fire stations, minus the kitchens, showers, weight rooms, and other nice things. I've heard stories from other crews about ghost sightings at all the stations, but especially at Post 3, which was the main station. They were interesting to listen to, but I generally wrote the stories off as dreams or something halfway between being asleep and awake due to the long hours and difficulty getting actual restful sleep when you might get page to an emergency at any minute. I know several times I either dreamed or imagined my radio chiming. I went to sit in the truck only to later realize we hadn't been dispatched. This was nowhere near as bad as one of my partners who drove to a scene with lights and sirens and only appeared to wake up when I shook him from remaining motionless in the truck after we arrived. In addition, healthcare workers tend to get a little superstitious or recognize mystical patterns if you prefer. We all know the impact of a full moon recognize the codes where you perform CPR and deaths tend to come in threes and will verbally assault anyone who says the word bored. I would say I justifiably am skeptical that any of these overworked, overtired, superstitious co-workers had seen anything paranormal. I've always been a light sleeper and especially had trouble falling asleep on shift. So past midnight, if I ever did sleep, it was 
fitful at best. One night around 2 a.m. while I was lying awake at the station, I got a call from the dispatcher asking me to come to the dispatch, which was connected to crew quarters at Station 3. When I got there, she was clearly shaken and asked me if there were any other crews there. I said I hadn't seen or heard any. She claimed to have looked up and through the windows, separating dispatch from the hall outside, seen a crew member in uniform facing away from her, studying the bulletin board. She had glanced away, not immediately recognizing that anything was out of place. As a crew member being at the main station getting supplies or something was not terribly uncommon, even at the time of night. A moment later, when having realized that the crew member in question was neither my partner nor me, we were the only crew that had checked in at the station in the last few hours, she looked up and the figure was gone. She had not heard him leave. He would have had to walk right past her window, nor had enough time elapsed for him to sneak past. When I first started working there a few years before, my very first day was a tragic one. One of the employees has committed suicide the night before. Though I had not worked with him, I had done clinical rideouts with the service during EMT school, and he had been one of my teachers. Years later, the dispatcher who had not worked there at the time and would not have known this employee in describing the figure she saw seemed to be describing the deceased paramedic. Granted, this was done from a brief glance at his back, but she got the hair color and the general build just right. As I said, I was not a deep sleeper, which ran contrary to my partner who seemed to be out as soon as his head hit the pillow. Often I'd lie awake in the dark station for hours, listening to the odd sounds coming from the air conditioner, or at least that's what I thought at the time. I made an irregular, sometimes rhythmic and sometimes not squeaking or squelching sound, unlike any appliance I've ever heard. I'd periodically roll onto my left side, facing away from the squeaky AC, which was on the north side of the station, same as the bathrooms, and realized that the bathroom light was suddenly on. I'd not seen it come on, probably had my eyes shut trying to sleep. When the switch was flipped, I'd not fallen asleep. My partner had not gotten out of bed, as I could see him across the station, still sawing logs. No other crews were there. This happened numerous times, and I cannot stress enough that I'm sure I wasn't asleep when the light came on, usually. Sometimes I'd manage to fall asleep and wake up to the sounds of the TV, which had not been on when I went to bed. I doubt it was my partner who had almost surely been asleep the entire time, and even if he hadn't, it was unlikely that he got up, turned the TV on, then went back to sleep without turning it off. Perhaps it was because I was in pray there's not a 911 call so I can get some sleep mode instead of ghost hunting mode, but it took me a while to catch on to what I was hearing. I interrupted the strange, irregular, squeaky sounds as coming from air conditioners because that was the direction they came from. It took a while to consider that only the north side of the station was tiled around the bathroom and AC where there was a chance of water damage. The rest of the station was carpeted. Paramedics, including myself, generally wear boots to work. I was very familiar with the sound boots make on tile, so it's kind of surprising that it took me months of listening to those squeaky, squelchy sounds coming from the direction of the tiled portion of the station to recognize that what I was hearing were booted footsteps. Once it clicked, it was unmistakable. The patterns of rhythmic and arrhythmic squeaking interspersed with silence too perfectly matched up with how a person wearing boots might be moving around the north side of the station, then crossing over to the carpet, perhaps using the bathroom and then going to turn on the TV. But there were no crew members doing these things. Of that, I'm sure. Or at least no live ones. The following realization I had 
an even tougher time sleeping on duty and started hanging out in dispatch late at night unless I was just too tired. That said, I never had any great fear of whoever it was squeaking around the station. I never had the sense of being in danger or that there was anything malicious. It was more like a regular crew member periodically going through the motions that he followed back in his working days. But since those late nights at the station, I no longer consider myself a skeptic. Anyway, thanks for reading my story, and thanks again if you see fit to present it on air. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Thoughts on all that? Speaking of good work, by the way, I think people who do that are amazing. Because, you know, when like, just listening to that story, yeah. really put it in perspective, because you don't ever sleep well. Mm-hmm. You know, you're all night long just waiting for something to go off. Will it, won't it? I don't know. So how do you ever sleep? Yeah. But then, you know, like I drove past a um, firehouse the other day. It was really old here in town. It's super cool looking. But I'm like, I wonder if it's haunted. I thought of mm-hmm. that as I drove by. But I never really thought about it more than what it would be like. Not only are you an EMT or a firefighter and you're going out there and answering calls, but you also work in a haunted place. That would be crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that you would tend to rationalize it like as in something, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's the air conditioner. Of course it is the air conditioner, you know. And then once you hear it for what it is, then you can't unhear it. Mm hmm. You know, oh, my God, those are footsteps. Yeah, I mean, you know exactly what it is, and there's just nothing, you know, nothing you can do about it. (laughs) They're there, and you have to just kind of accept and make that realization that what you're hearing is, in fact, happening. How it's happening, that's, that's the part where, you you know, it's hard to wrap your mind around. And, you know, a lot of towns have those older buildings that they use for that, or they were built for that, you know, like Mm -hmm. some of our old fire stations here are super cool looking yeah but those people are so dedicated to what they do like i could see people who do those jobs stick around sure you know that makes sense to me they want to be part of it they still want to be there yeah i mean i could also see it if you were in that profession and you did work in a haunted place and it was being haunted by maybe someone who had worked there before how maybe that wouldn't be threatening to you or scary. I agree. I mean, it might be scary. It's like, shut the F up. I'm trying to sleep. But I think it always be like, same, go ahead. But at the same time, it would be because that person cares. It's yeah. Like attached. I think it'd be almost be like somebody's got your back. And that's, yeah. I think, the feeling it would, it would, yeah. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for uh, for sharing that one. 855-853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi, this is Destiny. I have been listening to your show for a couple mo- uh, about a month, I think now, and I just went into work. Uh something happened uh before third shift that um ties into something that uh happened when I was 4 years old. I was living in a trailer park at the time, and it's really a partial memory, but the events are so clear. Uh, My stepfather, his name was Billy, um, he mentioned, don't go outside, he's waiting for you. And I've asked my mom, and I've asked him, um, 
whatever happened that night and they would claim that they would never remember what I was talking about. But um, it's only recently that my mom confirmed she finally remembered what had happened that night. She said that I like to play out in the dark, play outside like any other kid out in the dark and she uh, said that Billy uh, said, don't go outside, don't go near the trees, or he's going to get you. And she remembers scolding him for that. And uh, she said, Billy said, uh, she knows I'm just playing. But then she witnessed me screaming and running all the way back inside from wherever I had been. And I remember I had just stepped out of the front door and I was looking around. It was very dark. There were trees right next to uh, the trailer that I lived in. And I I peered around and there was this big black mass with yellow eyes. I, I can still remember the clawed hand that reached around the side of the house. Um, and having my mom confirm that this actually happened, she said that I couldn't go around windows for, uh, a couple, uh, about a week. I couldn't look out the window and I had to sleep with her and I refused to ever play outside in the dark again. And, uh, as I grew up, every now and then I would have certain events that would have me recall this night, which is why I remember it so clearly. Um, about, I would have nightmares about it, about how the trees would wrap me out to it. I know it doesn't make any sense. It's an irrational fear of trees all because of this too. Um, but I, um, I, Sorry, I, I'm thinking about so much, but um, about three years ago, uh, I was living in Charleston, and I was living with my roommate. She was my best friend of about 10 years, and I haven't really ever told her the story. I don't think I even did until after a certain night happened. We were sharing a room because we were waiting for her mom to move out and we were joking around playing around and all of a sudden she stops and she says don't go into the living room he's out there waiting for you and I kind of stopped and I said I'm sorry what and she looked at me like she was confused and she she said what did I say I don't even remember what we were talking about And um, I basically made her leave the room before me because I refuse to ever see whatever I saw at the age of four again. And before coming into work today, um, I was I left I left the house the first time, realized it was a little too humid to wear a sweater. (laughs) So I went back inside. The lock was taking. It's like a um, you have to insert a code into the lock in order to get inside, and the lock just kind of kept turning. So I was standing outside for a good moment. I didn't think anything of it, and um, I 
if I know they let me in, I leave the door cracked. I go in, I change my shirt, but I bring my sweater just in case because the factory gets really cold sometimes. And I was right, they got me right under the vent. But um, right before I left the house again, I was overcome with that fear, that intense fear of if I go out there and I look to my right, it's going to be right there because there are trees to my right. It's almost mirrored to what I saw when I was four. So I kind of, I kept telling myself, don't look, don't look, and I ran to my car. Um, everyone I've ever told isn't really, they, they think nothing of it that I just manifested my fears somehow. But um, I'm not sure what it is. I do believe that Bad people can create bad things, and my stepfather, Billy, was a very bad person, and um, it may be a manifestation of him, of his soul, maybe. I'm not really religious. I'm very spiritual. I've had a lot of things happen, and um, I, I do apologize if I sound very shaken up. It, I have social anxiety I think I mentioned that in a story that I wrote in but um it's very hard to get my thoughts together but my hands are too shaky for me to write it in tonight so I figured I'd gather up the courage to call but um this is I'm not sure what it is um, I, I can't go near closets either because of it, because I've had sleep paralysis and dreams of where it would crawl out of the closet and, and just, uh, bolt right toward me and I would wake up sweating and I would have to leave the room immediately. Um, I'm not really sure what it is. If anybody has any idea or... If you've got any thoughts, uh, let me know. And thank you. You keep up, <laughs> keep up the good job. Thanks. It's time to play everybody's favorite game show. Name that demon. <laughs> Carol, you're up. You know me and and uh, saying demon names. I'm not a fan, um, so I'm not well versed in demons at all. Number one, I thought she did a great job sharing the story. And I found it very creepy. And as she was telling the story, I'm like, once again, this would make a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if we were to make it into a movie, I wouldn't advise that she went because I think that would be creepy. But I get, I mean, anybody that's had that experience before of you sense something's there, but you don't see it. Like you feel like it's something's right behind you. Or you feel like something's watching you. Mm-hmm. It's and, a. And I can't say it. anybody's watching me. You, it, it's a feeling you get, and it's so strong that you know if you look, you're going to see it. Yeah, it's. And a, when she was describing that, I could totally connect to that. But then and, you have to look at it and go, name that demon. And then you have to also say bad idea. It's part of the Naming game. Naming the demon though. game is always Audio bad jungle. game to play. Name the demon. Hurry, um, time's uh, running out. I don't have any demons. Does she have a demon Bob? name? Oh, we're sorry. I just looked over and saw my cat, Bob, so I said Bob. Audio jungle. 
We're Want sorry. But you'll get some uh, parting gifts. Uh, we have uh, some delicious uh, rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. Oh, uh, now, you didn't have to do that. In beefy beef flavor for the whole family. Rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. great for a vegetarian. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for coming and playing Name That Demon with us. Uh, 855-853-4802, our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, let's jump over to one more call. Let's see if we can get that in here before we wrap it up today. Loading. Here we go. Hi. Let's hear your ghost story. And you're at of the Real Ghost Stories Online camp. Uh, my name is Stop Lenny. the music! <laughs> I gotta close. It's possessed! I gotta close this window. The, uh, it's not the devil. It's just Tony having too many windows open with stuff playing. Okay, that's good to know. Let's try again. Hi, Tony and the rest of the Real Ghost Stories Online fam. Um, my name is Wendy, and I've been listening for a while. I'm a, a first-time caller. I've been in EPP for a few months, and um, listening to the uh, uh, episode today about trains uh, inspired me to call and tell you this story that I've been, I've been meaning to tell for a while. So when you and Carol were both talking about um, hearing trains going by your house in the middle of the night and you know, various places you lived, I, I totally related to that. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles uh, in this sort of little little unincorporated area kind of tucked in near Playa del Rey. And um Behind my house, not right behind my house, but across a major street, but close, there was a train, uh, train tracks, right? And so uh, when I was a kid, I, you know, most nights I would go to bed, I'd be laying in bed, and I would hear the train go by. And I loved it. I always found it really, really comforting, just like kind of you said, that rumble uh, of the train going by, and I, I found it really comforting. So it was just something that, like a really happy memory that I've always associated with my childhood. Well, we moved out of that house you know, years ago when I was around 18, and um, uh, several years after that, I just was talking to my dad about something. I don't remember the context, but I happened to mention, yeah, I remember I loved, I always loved hearing the train go by the house when I was a kid, and he just kind of looked at me like, what? What? What are you talking about? I'm like, the train, you know, the train, the train tracks on Jefferson, on the other side of Jefferson. And he just looked at me and said, mm, no, those tracks were decommissioned long before we ever moved into that house. Okay. So um, that, I guess, is an indication that there must have been some sort of ghost train thing going on. Um, the other... The other thing that kind of relates to that is one of the other things we did when we lived there is a lot of times my dad and I, and sometimes my little sister, we would go walking together at night. And one of the places we walked was along the train tracks. And now I, I kind of like to think that probably my dad um, wouldn't have taken us walking on active train tracks. I don't know. He was kind of a weirdo, so we might have. But anyway, that is my ghost train story. It, it's something that even now it kind of just makes me happy. I kind of wish I'd tried to look out the window. I don't think I could have seen anything because of the, the fences and stuff and that there's a house behind us. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a happy memory for me. Um, so I thought I would tell that story. Uh, thanks again. Thanks for everything. I love your show. And um, I hope that you'll be able to use this story. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. I like that. I liked it a lot. Do you think it was just like a train sound like I don't know I don't know the I mean, thing it, about trains is that it's bizarre the 
how far that sound can travel. It can, but I mean, there's a big difference. Having had lived in two but homes she would with know train if it tracks, sounded close. Yeah, I've had two train tracks behind two different houses, and you can tell a distinct difference. You know, when it's right by your house and when it's oh, yeah. off in the distance. And I don't, I don't know, especially like the rumble. You can hear the the the, the horn usually, but the rumble you got to be within kind of a certain mm. perimeter of to to really pick up on that. Because I am no rumble zone yeah. where I'm at, but I can hear the trains all night. And there's something oddly lonesome and comforting about it at the same time. I don't know what it is about trains. I don't know. I, 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 I there is, I, I agree. There is something kind of about it. It's like, it's almost like white noise with a little bit of, you know, mixed up, you know, other sounds in there. And mysterious. And, and methodical and rhythmic. And yeah, it's, uh, it is cool. I do like it. Uh, 855-853-4802, our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's do uh, another quick one right here. Hi. So I have actually a really kind of nice but sad story. I My uncle and I were very, very close, and he had a heart attack and died when he was around 40. He had four children between 18 and six or five and we were all struggling and I uh, would message him on Facebook to just tell him what was going on and what was good and what was bad and one day I messaged him on Facebook and told him that everything was bad And I woke up the next day, and in my phone log, it's weird because it was literally where you call people. I told him, I don't think I can do this in the Facebook, and he uh, came back to me and said, you can, you can, you can, you can, in my phone log. And... I still have it saved. It's like a phone number that he left me, and it's pretty incredible. And that's a short story, but it's nice that he did that for me and for us. What are your thoughts on that? That's crazy. In like in a... Because it's creepy, yet it's really comforting and loving at the same time Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's pretty incredible it is what what did you think i i think it's one of those things where you know it's amazing you know what after someone passes the moments you can still have and and what you know what can still be left behind um for the living because i just think you know, especially it was someone you were close to like that, mm-hmm. and he died so young. Yeah. On top of it, like there had to have been a million questions and a million what ifs and a million why, why, whys. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get that, yeah, that's like a gift. It is. It is. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that one with us. 
Our phone number is 855-853-4802, and that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show and you want access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, might I interest you in that? It's only $5 a month, and it's all ad-free. You get it at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. I'll keep us on the air. Until next time, for Carol, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.